Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. I think we've all seen, or perhaps you even have in your yard or on a bumper sticker, things like, Jesus is the reason for the season, sentiments like this, or you've seen on uh, you know, social media or something like this, someone going on and on, ranting and raving about uh, the Starbucks cups don't have any images of Jesus on them, and they try to have Christmas without Christ, and all these things that goes on and on. And really at the heart of it is, is a very clear awareness in naming that there is a cultural notion of Christmas, and there's a church notion of Christmas. Christmas itself coming from the church and then being kind of, if you will, assumed into culture for many decades in a wonderful way, and then culture continued to drain it of its source and has some sort of vague lack of reason why we'd give gifts and be kind without the idea of a God who can forgive and save us, and yet we're all just supposed to be nice all of a sudden. So the culture kind of loses some of its rationale on why it does these things, and there's still echoes of Christianity there. But to be honest, the era we're in is not the 1950s, which means there's a clear mark between the cultural notion of almost everything and the church's notion of almost everything. And, I mean, I hear it constantly in emails, phone calls, the confessional, one-on-one, social meetings, people saying, Father, this world, and then they go on from there. Okay, great. One of the most defining characteristics in the difference between cultural notions of Christmas and the churches is the figure of St. John the Baptist. He almost is, you could say, the, the hinge between whether or not you are participating in the cultural notion of Christmas or you are entering deeply into the transforming power of the church's notion of Christmas. The culture prepares for a day. The church prepares for a person. And because of that, there's very different ways of preparing. So in the culture right now, what assumes and sums up everything for the most part is your shopping list. Who you get things for, what recipes do you need to get in order and to make, decorating your home. Like I said, none of it is evil. It just loses its rationale. It's just fun to do. In the church's notion of this season is Advent in this weird man, St. John the Baptist. Who is St. John the Baptist? Well, let me combine a few scripture passages to get his figure kind of fleshed out. He was the son of Zachariah and Elizabeth, right, which means he's Jesus' cousin, older cousin, right? And when John the Baptist was born, people knew he'd be a prophet, and he became the last of the prophets of the Old Testament, meaning he had the nobility of finally being able to say, I know all these prophets promised Israel that God would send someone to bring about redemption, healing, restoration. John the Baptist got to be the one who said, and that right there is him. John got to point at him, not just talk about him. And John was not in the big city with the hustle and bustle, all the impressiveness of titles and jobs and shops and all these things. He was out in the desert. He was in the very place where Adam and Eve were banished after they lost the garden because of sin. 
When humanity left the great relationship with the Father and how to treat one another with reverence and dignity and we were cast out of paradise, we were sent into the desert. And so here John the Baptist is in the location of our loneliness and meaninglessness. And there, dressed in camel hair, with a beard that has locusts and honey is what he ate. So his beard had little feet from the locusts and dripping of honey coming out of it. He looked crazy. He did not tell everyone, you're fine. He did not tell everyone, you're doing great just the way you are. He said, there is a repentance now for the forgiveness of sins. Because we're going to have John the Baptist this week and next week, so we want to get familiar with him, right? And so we told everyone, listen, I'm broken, sinful, and selfish, and so are you. I spend a lot of my time on, he would say nowadays, social media and in social settings, trying to show everyone how great and fine and perfect my life is, and you do the same. Out here in the desert, no room for that anymore. You are just as desperately in need for help as I am. And help is coming to those who admit it. Help is coming for those who finally say, I can't fix myself. I can run a million dollar company. I have degrees and letters after my name. I know all these impressive people. I have great houses, cars, clothes. My kids look beautiful on Christmas cards. Everything's going great for me, but I can't actually fix myself because I'm the problem. Sounds a little different than the cultural notion of all I want for Christmas is you. All that junk. Those songs stink, by the way. If you like it, you're not a problem. Just the song is. See, John the Baptist hits us right between the eyes of the two by four. And here's the amazing thing for me this week is I prayed with John the Baptist and I sat with him and I tried to listen to him in my prayer, which all of us can do through our imagination, right? Sit with him, get to know him. God, show me John the Baptist. I was very surprised how much joy he had. He was one of the most warm and joyful men ever. Because his news was good news. We don't have to fake it anymore. His news was great news. You get to exhale. His news was great news because it, listen, being broken is only bad if there's people in this world who aren't and there's a competition. The good news is all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us need God's help to reconcile of us. All of us need a Jesus Christ. And so it's good news. It's good news that the church in the Advent season doesn't say, hey, let's just pat each other on the back and keep smiling and all is good. The church as a wise mother reminds us all, you know those places in you that feel empty, that are full of need and desire and we don't know what to do with them? John the Baptist says, first off, let's repent of trying to fix it and stuff it. And let's open it wide to God the Father, who has a plan for our fulfillment by giving us not a day, but a person, Jesus. And so here at St. Basil's, what are we doing? Every Monday for two hours, 6.30 to 8.30, we will have five, four to five priests here in confessions. We'll have adoration 
here for those two hours, and we'll have sung evening prayer. You don't have to come for the whole two hours. You can come just for, go, go get in line, confession, and leave. Or you can come for the whole two hours. Or you can come just to do evening prayer. But it's a way of stepping out of the cultural ethos and stepping into the heart of Christ, which is the church. And so for Advent, so we don't waste the next three weeks, there's three S's that can help us. All right? The first one is silence. Increase the silence in your life. What will happen when you increase silence? You realize the noise is actually not coming from outside of you. The noise is coming from inside of you. Our impulsive addiction to do the next thing. Right? I try to do a holy hour every day as a priest because in my vocation and my lifestyle, I'm afforded such a blessing. But I mean, those first 15 minutes is all about emails I need to respond to, what's coming next, where am I going today, what did I do yesterday? I mean, it's just bombarding, bombarding. It takes a long time to quiet down. Blessed Fulton Sheen, a bishop in the 50s and 60s, he said that he does a holy hour every day and it took him 59 minutes to quiet down enough to pray. All right, so the silence is needed to realize what really is animating you. Is it the peace and grace and love of Jesus? Or is it our egos who are trying to fix and accomplish so much? Silence, first S. Second S, sin. I mean, I don't mean go out and sin, okay? I mean, do something about our sins. Hence, confession. Or maybe for you, you go to confession regularly. Maybe it's a time to go online and find a new examination of conscience and view your life from a different angle and see how you're doing. The goal in the Christianity is not to be morally perfect. The goal is to learn how much we need the perfect one to help us. So many of us were taught that you got to be perfect. You're already perfectly loved in your imperfections. What we need is more and more recognition that it's okay to be broken as long as I'm broken with the one who makes me whole. So silence, sin, and the third one is service. When John the Baptist is talking about making straight the ways of God, Yes, there's a vertical dimension of prayer and studying our faith and sacraments, but there's also a horizontal dimension. Jesus teaches us love of neighbor. So service. Many of us have been great with the gift cards here at St. Basil's to help out in the giving tree. Many of you are volunteering at places. Awesome. How's your family doing? How about that family member that you're like, eh? A kind text message, an invite letting people know they're not invisible, first in our families, then in our quite literally neighborhoods, and then out from there. Very few of us are called to fix the world problems, but every one of us is called to love our family and our neighbors as Christ. And so silence, do something with our sin and service, helps us enter into the figure of John the Baptist so that his ministry can open us to the recognition, my gosh, I really do need a savior. I can't save myself. And then the really joyful news that there is a savior. He knows you by name and he loves you a lot. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.